Hey, what's up? My name's Grant Kenoki. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, and artist, and you're listening to Power 98.5. We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Hi, this is Dan Aykroyd. He's progressive. He's beautiful. He's thoughtful. He's intelligent. He's powerful. He's positive. He is Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. It is that type of morning. Yes. I mean, Monday, it's beautiful out. We've got my good friend, Tim McKay. We're going to go in all the ooey gooey juiciness of what he's doing, not only in the entertainment industry, but he's got an incredible personal life, a phenomenal personality, somebody that you would love to sit down and have some cocktails with, you know, whether in the Hamptons or Beverly Hills or Bel Air. I mean, he just exudes luxury and extravagance. So we've got Tim McKay born and raised in New England. Tim got an early start in makeup at film school and then Mac Cosmetics. You're going to find out a plethora of golden gems, insights, tips. I mean, Tim's going to even surprise me of what he's going to be talking about today. So when we get to the Hulu, when we get to talking about Plan B, this mini film, you know, Tim being this head director, Tim, you've got to spill the tea. Hi, Steven. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. you. You deserve it. So for everyone who's tuning in here all around the world, I want to thank my team out in Manchester, UK, my team out in New York City. Tim McKay, my God. I mean, to even just say makeup artist, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> beyond that. You are like, we've got to come up with a more extravagant title for you. I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I, I always call myself makeup artist first, but I mean, I dive into so many things. I could also say therapist. I could say, you know, producer. <laughs> um, I mean, therapist would be the biggest one, honestly. I feel like half the time I'm doing makeup, I'm really just listening to people's problems and also being their best friends. So, um, I mean, I hear all the gossip inside the makeup room and I love it. <laughs> honestly, Tim, here's the thing you just reminded me of because most hairstylists do the same thing. Do you feel that someone who is a celebrity hairstylist, is it comparable to being a makeup artist and doing what you're doing or is it slightly um, different? Do you feel that you take it to a next level that most people don't? I mean, I feel like, well, comparing myself to a hairstylist in that term of, um, being with the client, I'm right in their face. So I mean, the hairstylist is always behind them and often has like the loudest like, blow dryer in the world going off. Um, and you know, they have to have that whole time of, they can't hear the person anyways. Whereas the whole time I'm there, I'm right in their face and I, I have a connection. Every time they open their eyes, they just see my face like two inches away. And I'm like, try not to look like I'm a crazy person with my eyes bulged out, focusing on detail. I'm trying to be this like warm, sweet, inviting person with a smile on. So it just naturally, I feel like I get this connection with all my clients and pour their hearts out to me, which is the best feeling ever. But, you know, I have to always be on and ready for that, which I always am. I'm, I love it. I love what I do. I'm going to read a, a, your bio here. I usually don't do this, but you're so very important to me to where I would like our guests to understand how incredibly amazing uh, Tim is. So uh, what was sent to me by my assistant that Tim's team sent over, Tim McKay is a celebrity makeup artist living in New York City who began his career working at the mall selling cosmetics and soon became an in-demand glam expert. Originally being That's from Rhode Island, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was saying that's true. I mean, started from the mall. <laughs> now we're here. And you're a glam expert. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tim shines his small town charm and sense of humor with everyone he meets. He has had some insane experiences living in a big city, like jumping off a fire escape to make it to a client on time. Uh, <laughs> excuse me? You jumped off a fire escape. They said that. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that that was a true story. I, I have jumped off of a, a fire escape to make it to a client on time. Did you use That's, a ladder? I, I, I had to try as rusty <laughs> and, and, and 100,000 years old as it was. I, I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I My friend had her door locked and I slept over her house. Um, I'm like, can't wait for my new actress. It was an actress nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, very well-known actress um, that was on TV right now. And, um, yeah, I just, I will never like not show up for a job. I don't care how sick I am, how hungover or whatever it is I am. But at this moment in time, I was at a friend's house whose doorknob just broke off while I was in her apartment and I was locked in her apartment. So I had to jump off of her fire escape in order to get to this actress. I showed up six minutes late, but I mean, for what I went through, um, I think that was pretty fine, uh, (laughs) with all my makeup and everything and still looking okay somehow. So I'll do it all to make sure I get to work on time. Okay, so here we go. (laughs) All right, crazy funny experience. You jumped off a fire escape and over a fence and made it to the actress's apartment in only six minutes. Now, that's a specific detail that cannot be left left out. Uh, Stutter moment, Uh, six minutes. How is that possible? Was a taxi involved, Uber, Lyft, what? No. No, somehow, no, I literally had to like climb out the window with my all black attire on, like, as always, and like probably looking like a burglar. And I had two bags with me full of makeup, again, looking like a burglar. And I let down this like rusty old nasty ladder. I had to climb onto it and it wouldn't go down far enough that I needed. So I just like threw my bags down. And the snow wasn't snow. It was like the ice snow. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, great. Like, the bags didn't go into the snow. It just sat on top. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I have to jump onto a concrete of ice. And I just I let myself fall because I had to make it I land in the snow, limping now with my two bags to the fence. I had to throw them over the fence and hurdle over. There's two old women walking by, and they just see this like guy throwing himself over a fence. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, I... I had to take a train. I was down in Brooklyn. The client was up on the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. So I took a train all the way up, and she opened the door. She's like, hi, do you have any trouble getting here? I was like, oh, no, not at all. How are you? Let me in. Like, no. Uh, and she didn't even know about the issues I went through. But I'm like, that's just part of the career. That's part of the job. You have to just make sure you're there on time and always at your best self. I'm not going to start off with bad energy with a client. So I'm like, oh, all good. Hey, how you doing? Want some makeup? Like, <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> and you hit any limping or anything else that could have happened along the way? I hit it all. And I took a branch out uh, of my hair. Like, I mean, whatever, the snow. <laughs> knocked, dusted the dirt off in the snow and like the bruises and the cuts on my knee. Oh. But... <laughs> So for those who are tuning in, um, and thank you for all my supporters, live on air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5, we have celebrity makeup artist and just recent makeup department head of Hulu's original Plan B. Now, we've got to dive right into that before we get to the other little gems of uh, spilling beans of, you know, the fun, crazy, you know, Tim experiences. So bring us up to now you, you began a department store makeup. Now you are makeup department head of Hulu's new mini film plan B. It's a, it's a major film actually. I mean, it's like, honestly, it's turned into this huge phenomenon. It's a, full-length movie and it's it's getting such great reviews it got 95 percent on rotten tomatoes and it's my very first big feature film and i'm so proud of it and so excited for it and in the midst of quarantine nonetheless like a, a time when no one's working and um everything was chaotic and horrible um i'm just so blessed that i i booked this amazing job and had an amazing time with it and the feedback is so well could you share the highs and the lows of this experience? Because there's no comparison from where you started in a makeup department to this. Like what yeah. happened? You know, I don't know if you're under an NDA or an, under a contract. No. Is there something that you can share for those that are listening who are makeup artists or in the beauty and entertainment industry or any industry of this just came out of nowhere, correct? This opportunity. Uh- Literally, it was out of nowhere. And this is why I, I say I put the Tim in optimism because 
I'm just like, you just never know what's coming and what's whatever. And it was six months of no work. I, you know, from the whole quarantine experience, I had no work for six months and I was getting recommendations from people. Maybe you should change your, your career. Maybe you should change your whatever, what you're doing. And I said, no, like I've been doing makeup since 2010 and I've, I've been hustling at this for so long that I, it's, it's not time to give up yet. And I simply saw that a client of mine, Natalie Morales, she's this amazing actress. She was directing her first film for Hulu. So I simply sent her a DM on Instagram, as I do often, because I, I, there's no shame in sliding DMs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I slid in her DMs and I just said, hey, like, congratulations on the movie. And she turned around and asked me, like, oh, my God, I need a makeup department head. Would you want to do it? And I, I, was very, I was very clear and honest. I have never been the head of a makeup department for anything uh well i mean you know for film and tv wise anyways um i've done plenty of events where i was the head but not i don't know the rules and regulations of a movie or what goes into it but naturally i said yes um with no questions asked so uh she hired me and i had to learn real quick i had two weeks to prepare you know it was september of 2020 and i was a little rusty because i hadn't done makeup in six months but it wasn't even more about the makeup it was more i had to learn how to how to be in charge of like managing this entire makeup department. I had to learn about like ordering products for the movie. And during quarantine, we couldn't use the same makeup on anyone. You know, usually I'll bring my one makeup kit to a job and I will, of course, disinfect and sanitize in between clients. But with this job, I couldn't do any of that. I had to have separate things for every actor and character without knowing what they look like or what their character is supposed to be wearing in the film. Like I had to literally make this all up as I was going before I left for Syracuse, New York. Um, about six hours from where I live here in New York City, and um, and have all this makeup sent to me and delivered. And some of it came late, but it didn't matter. I, I created a face charts for every character based on what I thought they should look like. And I had to send it to the director, and she would approve it or deny it. And, you know, and I had to just keep going. And I, it was the most nerve-wracking job I've ever had, but it was the most fun, most exhilarating job I've ever had. And it was definitely a test. Um, it was not easy. There was definitely highs and lows. Uh, there were some people on the movie that I felt like didn't really want me to be there because they knew it was my first one and that the director had hired me into it. And there were some that were so excited to meet me because they maybe had known about me previously. I just, I, I had such a great and wonderful experience from it. And I'm just so proud of what came out of it because it's something different. And I got to step out of my glam technique, which I'm used to doing glam for TV. I'll do an actress for a TV appearance so I can make her as glam as I want. For a movie, it's not about the makeup. I had to learn real quick, like, it's not about their makeup. It's about the storyline and the narrative. So how to change my mindset and make a statement with the makeup, but still, you know, but still let it shine through the narrative and the characters, what they're talking about. So it was awesome. Did the naysayers or those that were slightly skeptical because they knew it was your first official feature film to be working on with them did they come back around did they treat you differently did they eventually warm up to you they did they did eventually um i think it was if we can't beat them join them kind of thing because my technique i could sense right away that i was doubted by this one particular person and um and it was very obvious they made sure it was very obvious that i knew and i had to just you know make sure that everyone else in the whole entire crew liked me and i just I had to prove myself. That's all it really came down to was just even if I got something wrong or even if I had a question about something, because it's again, it's not makeup. I can do makeup for days, but a lot of it going into a movie when you're the department head isn't about the makeup. It's about like knowing every term and how things are done digitally online and filling out forms, a lot of the silly stuff, managerial stuff that I just didn't know because I hadn't done a movie before. So it was almost like any question I asked, they would be annoyed with. And I made it very clear like, hey, I didn't like push someone down for this role i didn't like force my way into this movie i was asked to do it so like you know it's not me coming in wanting to be dumb mm-hmm. i I, really, I wanted to learn so every time they would say a nasty remark or whatever it was i took it very very well and i would say okay thank you now i know now I, and i would try not to make that mistake ever again and they eventually did come around i think it was the can't beat them join them i became very close with everyone else in the crew and finally we became friends towards like the last one or two weeks of the film. And, and I was just grateful for that because I was like, there's no hard feelings. I can understand why maybe they were frustrated that I had questions that they wouldn't have to answer on another film. But at the same time, I proved myself and the movie came out great. The makeup looks insanely beautiful and I've got nothing but good feedback. So I, I know it was all for a good reason. That's what makes me happy. Where I'm really happy for you, Tim, is you owned your power. 
you you stepped into your empowerment. I always say when you think of these two areas, power would be electricity. So Tim, it's the creativity, it's the inspiration, it's the talent that you are. Empowerment is what really makes a difference because when you think of empowerment, think of cell towers, think of the wires that connect and you can transmute and translate and disperse and and divert and channel your power through your empowerment, which is your, your talent and skill. And you, you had to have done it in such an organic, in such a, uh, in a genuine way, because this person sounds or sounded very hard headed. So you stayed in your own authenticity. And because you stayed and remaining your own truth and authenticity is what brought this person to be able to embrace and see the beauty of your light and who you are as Tim McKay. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I agree. No, I really agree. I just wanted to make sure I presented the best version of myself every time and, and never fought back. I know it's easy to, when someone's questioning you or someone's um, challenging you, it's easy to get into defense mode. And I tried so hard not to turn into that because I wanted to make it clear that I am here to learn and that I'm here to do the best job I possibly can. And I'm not coming in here thinking I'm a big shot from New York City that you know, is better than anyone else. I wanted to make it clear that I am humble, I'm a human being, and that I'm just excited to be here and I'm going to do the best I possibly can. So if, if if any mistakes I make make you angry, I'm sorry for that. But like, I'm doing the best I can. And I, I'm just happy that by the end of the film that I did prove myself and I, I got along with that person by the end. And, you know, because if I didn't, if I didn't prove myself, they'd probably end the movie hating me. So now that me and the person can say that we're friends, I'm just really grateful. And, um, and yeah, and just the results from the proof alone on the camera and on the film, it, it shows. So I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. We're going to go ahead and my team has pulled up. We're going to take a listen to the uh, trailer uh, for the Hulu's Plan B. So makeup department head of Hulu's Plan B. We have Tim McKay with us today joining us, celebrity makeup artist extraordinaire, someone who I I'm consider a friend, an ally, who I'm looking forward to working with one day and to be on projects with. And who I'm going to sit down and we're going to be popping some bubbles and champagne and cheers and everything else. Add some chocolate, ooey gooey cheesecake, whatever may have you, Tim. We're going to have the hookup. <laughs> Love this. We're going to have the hookup. So let's go ahead. We're going to pull up. We're going to take a listen to this extraordinary um, opportunity that Tim had to be part of the head department of, and, and is it makeup or, or where do you? Yep. It was the makeup department head for the film department. And I do remember reading and before we get uh, (laughs) over to uh, listening to the trailer, you had made uh, a statement in one of your recent articles that may have been with Marcos with digital journal, but you were so detailed Tim to where you were mindful of the budget. You didn't want to go cheap, but you were mindful of the budget specifically because you did not want to have waste. How did Hulu or the team or the department, or the, the people that may have been in charge of, did they take notice that you were cautious and conscientious to be responsible of the budget that was given or that was had? I think that that's actually a very interesting question because um, they gave me a budget, which... You know, I've never done a movie before, so I didn't know if that was a normal budget or if that was just a, a quarantine budget. Um, but it didn't seem that high to me. So they had me ordering all the makeup off of a website that I wasn't familiar with. And it, was, it wasn't it was luxury makeup. Normally for my celebrity clients, I use luxury makeup. I'll use Charlotte Tilbury. I'll use Dior. I'll use different products. But for a film, you don't use those products. You use like RCMA and Ben Nye and like products that have been in the industry for so long for film and TV. And so they're giving me a website to order these products from that I've never even heard of. So, and, or seeing the actors that I'm working with. And even if I have seen them, what if the director doesn't want that certain look that maybe I have in mind for a character or we get there on set and it doesn't work. So we need options. So I need to have options for people and I need to have various skin tones. I can't use for different people. I have to use for this one actor. So they, they think, I think they knew that I was doing my very best, but there was times when I came back to them and I said, okay, you know what, like I need to order more products and that's just what it is. 
Um, and they let me extend the budget, which was really great. But um, I definitely learned after doing this movie like what I need going forward because the products that you need are very different from doing a glamorous interview. It's much more for longevity. It's much more for just natural, clean makeup um, that looks like that lets the character shine through. So I definitely learned a lot from this budget experience. But the film was very, very good with me. They let me extend the budget a little bit longer because even um, my assistant makeup artist who had done plenty of films before, she was just like, Tim, this is not a good enough budget. You have to let them know we need to extend that budget. We need more. And I was like, okay, good. Because I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that we need more Like if I can do that, if I have the power to do that. So it was very helpful to have someone there that did know. And she's like, no, like anyone in the right mind knows that that's not enough budget. So let's extend it. And I was able to do that. So it all worked out together i actually did throw in some of my own money because I, I i i just that's how i am i feel bad when i'm given a budget i didn't yeah. want to ask for too much more so i was like yeah, i'll just buy it out of pocket you know it's just whatever it's part of the job and i really didn't mind it well also with you taking out of your pocket claiming in your taxes too i hope you didn't throw out the receipt oh of course no of course <laughs> let's be real i knew what i was doing <laughs> i was I- like no this is going to help me in the long run but yeah and i think in general and i hope and and with your team who's listening as well um that eventually you can obtain some sponsorships because i know quite a few makeup artists that are not at the level that you're at and they get extraordinary free product up up and coming product that's that's going to be on the market and they're taking it for a test drive these are all perks that you should be involved in right now well, I do have I do have sponsors. Um, I'm a sponsor by yeah Fenty Beauty, Charlotte Tilbury. Um, they're my two biggest ones. They for this movie actually, I did reach out to them, and they sent me boxes upon boxes of makeup okay. because once I once I, once I reached my budget, mm-hmm. I I was like, oh my god, I can buy some of my own stuff, but I you know if two people need the same skin tone of a foundation or a powder, and I only have a couple of them. I need more. So I did. I reached out to Charlotte Tilbury. They sent me tons, boxes of makeup. Fenty Beauty sent me eyeliners, sent me mascaras. They sent me so much stuff. Um, so I'm super grateful um, with those companies. And yeah, they, they were a huge help in it. And they, they sent me stuff throughout the year. But for this movie in particular, was very helpful. And I wanted to use Temp2, who is also, it's an airbrush company. Um, but during COVID, because of you know the air and keeping everything clean, they wouldn't let me use anything with air. So I couldn't use my airbrush. But Temp2 is my airbrush sponsor. And I love Temp2. I use airbrush on almost all my clients. So I was almost bummed that I couldn't use it for this movie. But because we're in a tight little trailer and it was in September, November of quarantine, I wasn't able to use any products that blow air into an actor's face. Mm. So, um, so I felt bad that I wasn't able to use their products. But I was very happy to use all my Charlotte Tilbury, which is very luxury, honestly, way too luxury for a film. Um, and, and then and also Fenty Beauty, so, uh, who's also very luxury, and I love their products so much. So I was very grateful to get those free products for the movie. Exceptional. Let's go ahead. Let's take a listen to the official trailer of Hulu's Plan B. Right now, puberty is telling you to step on the gas. If your vagina was a car, what would it be? Ferrari. It stays covered up and completely untouched in the garage. Mine would definitely be a transformer. You think you know her? Boom. Autobots pop out. I feel like if you're following the metaphor, that means you have craps. What? We finally tried reverse cowgirl. And? Amazing, right? It wasn't that great for me, but I feel like it looked cool. I was on horse fucking and I haven't even had my first kiss. Oh, fuck. Look at Hunter. Who plays hockey in a cardigan? He's like an athletic librarian. You know, Sunny's throwing a party. Really? Love a good high school party with the liquors and the touching, all the other stuff, drugs. Big night for you. Inviting your crush. Partying and drinking. I feel so stimulated. Is this what white privilege feels like? Okay, good choices. Oh, fuck. Lupe? I had sex. What? You're being your crush at your own party? You are my hero. Oh, God. I was peeing and a condom. What? I'm kind of full of goo. Let's get the plan B pill. Is there an alternative? You mean a plan B? Sorry, but I declined to offer you the plan B pill. I have a nice day. Back 
let's go to Planned Parenthood in Rapid City. Hey, do you realize this is our first official road trip? Where are we on here? What do these red lines mean? This really it needs a pension zoom. I hate to tell you, but Planned Parenthood is probably closed for the night. My 24-hour window is closing. So the condom just fell out? I've been there. Sorry. Make sure that condom fits snug. We need the morning after pill. I got one more right here. That could be anything. I got some pill. Sunny. It's like a really small chance it might be PCP. This is a fucking awesome film. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fun. It is literally so much fun. That is the so best trailer. Seriously. It's so much fun. It just, it's that teen, like, you know, um, coming of age road trip movie that we all kind of love from the 90s and early 2000s. And it's giving you that nostalgia. And I just absolutely love that about this film. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Seriously. I, I feel like playing it again. I mean, it's, it's that, it's that good. Like, I don't bullshit. If when I, I see a lot of trailers, I directors and producers, they at times want to, get a, a pre review or something like that. But that trailer is one of the top trailers I have seen, not just this year, but since probably 2020. Oh my God. Seriously. I hope the director's listening to this. I hope she's listening. Cause Natalie would love to hear that. <laughs> Seriously. Well done. The post editing team for Hulu that put that together. Fucking extraordinary. So thank you. Crazy and fun Tim experience. Almost knocked down Ashley Graham while rushing to a photo shoot. Yeah, that was last week. That literally <laughs> happened last week. I think, like, yeah, it was literally last Thursday. And I was um, at Pier 59 Studios. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. It's a I pretty am. big, yeah, it's, you know, it's a big deal studio. It's not some little place in Brooklyn. It's a really nice big place right in Chelsea. Manhattan and um, I was running late for a job not running late but in my mind running late you know I'll get there on time but I like to be early so I was like rushing up the stairs because I didn't want to wait for the elevator I saw a woman getting in the elevator mm-hmm. and I was just like oh, I don't want to wait with her I'm, just, I'm gonna rush I'm gonna go up the stairs and I have two huge duffel bags of makeup in my arms like running up these stairs and as soon as I run out she's coming out of the elevator and I almost knock right into her like we went face to face like my I think one duffel bag might have scuffed her arm a little bit Damn. and and I look up and it's Ashley Graham I was like oh. and she was like I was like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry she's like it's okay and just like <laughs> gorgeously and just like gorgeously walks on and like when they, when we walked in the building they told us we had to have masks on um out of respect for COVID yeah. and she just didn't she just couldn't have cared less she was just gorgeous she's like I'm out covering this face she walked out of the elevator glamorously and i almost just pushed her right down um and luckily i was able to like swing my duffel bag around and not hit her and just sit there in awe and then also run back and make sure i was there on time (laughs) to my own shoot so that was a fun experience for sure paris hilton invited me to a club at 18 and hugged by paris hilton met her in 2020 at caesar's palace in vegas and again as a makeup artist spilled the tea this was exciting this was so cool so the only time in my entire life that i have gone to vegas was to visit my best friend and she wanted to show me all the sites of vegas so she was like let's go to caesar's palace at the time there was a huge toy store and i was like why would we go to a toy store she's like no wait until you see it it's a really cool toy store it's not there anymore but it was there at the time and it was this huge i think three or four floor toy store and so me and her just walking through it again i'm not really looking for anything i'm just kind of whatever is taking the sights of this cool place and i see a girl in black velour now this is 2010 so you know the the velour matching top and the velour matching bottom um she's stuffing toys into a, a big strong man in a suit's arms and she passes through me and my friend and we just saw her platinum blonde hair blowing in the wind both me and my friend at the same time looked at each other and said, Paris Hilton. We knew it was her. And so we went up to her. Her security guard almost killed us. But, um, but you know, we just had a big smile on her face. And she was just like, chill out. Let them, like, leave them alone. She was so, so nice and so cool. And so um, I just asked her. I was like, hey, can we have a photo? She asked me, she was like, would you want to come to a club tonight? Like Paris Hilton invited me to a club, but I was only 18. So I thought that was the coolest thing. And I was just like, well, I'm 18, so I don't know. She was like, oh, well, that's not hot. 
And I, I just loved hearing like the actual phrase that she says, like hot, like hearing it in person. Mm. Well, so now that's, that's, that's 2010. And now fast forward now to 2020, it was, it was right before the pandemic. I think it was February and she was in people magazine for an interview. So I was working there, I was doing touch-ups and she comes in and sits down on my chair for a touch-up and I'm like doing her makeup, just looking at her and wondering if she remembers. And I was just like, Hey, can I ask you a funny little question? She was like, yeah. And, and I was like, well, do you remember in 2010, like you were in Caesar's Palace, um, you were at a toy store, and she's looking at herself in the mirror. She's like not really listening to me. She's kind of like, no, oh, whatever. And then finally she just stops and like looks at me and she says, you said Caesar's? And I was like, yeah. And she just like embraced me into a huge hug. And I was like, oh. and I'm holding Paris Hilton. I'm hugging Paris Hilton. She's like, yes, I remember, babe. Which God knows if she does or not. I don't know if she actually remembers me. But it was just so cool that she responded that way. And she was so nice and friendly. And I was like, I'm hugging Paris Hilton right now. <laughs> and it was insane. Like her arms were embraced around my neck. I was like, okay, you know what? I could die today and be happy because Paris Hilton is hugging me right now. Is is she the same in person as in the photos and videos, or, or is there any difference? I think she is so sweet, because when I met her 10 years ago, she was literally telling her security guard to leave me alone. Like, when her security guard, security was trying to push me away, she was like, leave him alone. Like she was just like so cool, and she, and she took a photo with me. She was like, meet me by the entrance, I'll take a photo with you. And <laughs> lo and behold, like she was there at the entrance when I went downstairs. I was like, oh my god, she was legit. And then that's when she's like, come to this club tonight. And I was like, well, I'm 18, so I, I can't. But um, yeah, so no, she was super, super sweet. And then meeting her in person, for her to just like, stand up and give me a huge hug when I told her I, I had met her before, I think she's awesome as a person. Made Essence Atkins scream and run out of the room. Now, what the hell did you do? Oh, my God. Well, we know <laughs> Essence Atkins, right? She's yes. An, an amazing actress. I knew her from the time I was very little from the show Smart Guy. She played the older sister. And I always thought I had a crush on her, which, you know, wasn't a real crush. But, I mean, uh, I thought she was gorgeous. And so I met her at a very young age because my sister, Amy, took me to a party. She was, she was, I think, I don't know if she was married at the time, but I know either her fiance or her husband at the time, Ruben, um, knew of her. And so they took me to some party in Rhode Island. I guess she was dating a friend of Ruben's, my sister's husband. And, um, and so she was there. My sister told me ahead of time, Hey, so, you know, Essence will be there from smart guy. And I was so nervous. I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. I'd never met a celebrity. I was probably 10 years old. And so I see her at this party and she doesn't know anyone. She's in Rhode Island. She's not in LA. She's in a new environment, and she's a, she's probably on her own, very standoffish, sitting on her couch. And so me, as the 10-year-old boy who doesn't know anyone at this party, I sit next to her. And I was so excited. I was like, hi, um, so how was it? And I started asking her questions about like the show. How was, what was her favorite episode to film? Like, How was it being on the show? And mm. it was the coolest moment of my childhood because I had met a celebrity. And my whole life, I was obsessed with glamour. I was obsessed with film and the industry in general. Um, and so, same situation. I was at People Magazine, again, this is probably 2018, and she comes in and sits down in my chair for a touch-up. And I couldn't believe it. I, and I almost knew that this would happen one day. I said, I know I'm going to see her again one day. I just had this weird feeling. And she came in, and she sat down in the chair. She's on her phone as I'm touching her up. And I said, hey, um, do you remember Ron Trupa? Ron was the guy she was dating mm -hmm. um, at the time, and he's friends with my sister's husband. So I asked her, I was like, do you know, remember Ron Trupa? She turned pale as a ghost. She just like, what? Like, who's this makeup artist asking about a boyfriend of mine from 10 years ago? Like, literally, yeah, am I a cop? Like, what the hell is going on? So I was just like, yeah, do you remember Ron? And she said, yeah, why? And I said, well, do you remember the 10-year-old boy, the little boy you talked to at the party in Rhode Island? And she ran out of the room she screamed at the top of her lungs she was like oh my god she started screaming she like couldn't believe it she came back in with her facetime on with a friend of hers she's like tell me the story again tell me what you just told me she's like yelling like couldn't believe it and i was freaking out i was just like yep i'm that little boy that you sat on the couch with and you talked to at a party about smart guy for an hour um asking you like what's your favorite episode like, i didn't know what to ask i was so young so it was just so incredible and such a full 360 moment of her now seeing me in, Rhode in New York City doing her makeup for People magazine. It was just so cool. And I almost knew that was going to happen. I, I just had a weird feeling and finally it came. 
And she was so nice. We took pictures together and she totally remembered and it was just so awesome. And last, makeup department and head of Hulu's original film, Plan B, and celebrity makeup artist, Tim McKay's most crazy and funny experiences. Here we go. I'm a little bit hesitant to, to uh, you know, drop this one, but I'm going to do it because I got your permission. Faked my way into working for Mac. Yes, I <laughs> built my entire career based on a lie. <laughs> no, don't you. That's why I was like hesitant. No, go ahead. No, but not really. I mean, I I mean growing up as a as a little kid, I knew I loved beauty and I would draw I loved to draw and I would draw yeah. these women in my head. My mom would be like, "Who the hell is that?" Like, "Who the hell is this lady?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "I don't know, mom." And she'd be like, "Well, she's gorgeous." Like she just it just in my head I knew what beauty was and I didn't think I had a thing for makeup. I knew that wasn't really I never really thought makeup was my thing, but I knew film production. I knew the film industry was my, my passion and I knew beauty of some kind. I loved beautiful things and glamor. Um, so when I was in New York city, I came here at 18 years old for a film school. Cause I thought that that's the direction I should go in, but I was miserable and I was there in school for a whole year, absolutely hating my classes. And I didn't want to hold the camera. I didn't want to put the film together. I didn't want to do that. I was just like, what am I doing here? I, I have no idea. And so I went to the mall one day. I was, yep, I think I had just turned 19 and I saw my first Mac store and I had never seen a Mac store before. In Rhode Island, we don't have, where I'm from, we don't have Mac stores. We have the, the Macy's Beauty Department, which is, you know, not the same thing as beauty stores here in New York. So I see my first Mac store walking by and I was just overtaken by the glamour and the beauty of it all. I had never seen a store so beautiful and the women in there just so gorgeous. And everyone, and this is 2010, so trust, you know, everyone had a full-blown tan. Um, everyone had like the long platinum or black hair and just tons of makeup on. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, granted, that's any Mac store anywhere, but still. Um, it was just so glamorous and beautiful that I had to be part of it. And I rushed back to my dorm room. I printed out a resume that had Dunkin' Donuts and TGI Fridays on it. Like, I had nothing about makeup. And I brought it in. And I don't know where I had the balls, but I gave them the resume and they said, so what do you know about makeup? And I was like, well, I know uh, there's daytime and there's nighttime makeup. But that's like, all I had to say. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I think they knew that I didn't really know what I was talking about, but they were going to give me a chance to see where this was going anyway. So I was so confident about it. So they said, okay, we'll come back in a week and show us what you can do then. I was like, okay, great. I will. And I had one week to prepare. I had no experience. So I had two best friends telling me what they do on for their makeup. And I had like one girl of a light skin tone, one girl of a darker skin tone. So I got to practice on them. And for my interview, I had just I had to wing it. I had to just literally try my best and do whatever I thought was right on my on the model that they had me do it on. And um, they gave me the job in 2010 at 19 years old. And it was just a mess. Like I had to learn from, <laughs> from, from messing up so many people's faces, probably oh. like everyone's, I had, I have no idea. I, I don't want to think back to it, but I, at the mall that I was located in, it was the biggest, most popular Mac store in Long Island. So we had every skin tone, every age, every race, everyone, every, every sex, everything you imagine come in. So I, I really got to practice on everyone and every eye shape. And I think it was the best practice for me because I had to, sell myself and act confident and believe that I knew what I was doing, even though I didn't. And I would like rush up to another artist and be like, Hey, what's her, what's her skin tone? Like, and they, or what's what, which one works? And, um, and then walk over confident as if I picked it out, like, hmm, this is the one. And like, I don't know, but I made it work. And that was, uh, 2010 with, by 2013 in three years, um, I had made my way into fashion shows and doing fashion show certification. Um, and I started, and I was on max dream team all of a sudden, so it was just insane how if you really want something, you can really pick it up quickly, especially if you have a little experience with whatever it is. I always knew I loved beauty and glamour, as I said. So um, I picked it up quickly and I left the company after six years and that was 2016. So now I've just been freelancing on my own ever since then. And it's just incredible that you can really do anything you want if you really love it enough, if you really believe in yourself enough and you try hard enough. Because I had something to prove, just like the movie I worked on, Plan B. I had something to prove the whole time. So I feel like my best experiences in life have been from 
not knowing what the hell I'm doing, but being like, you know what, I'm gonna do it anyways because I care about it and just going forward and really just trying to prove myself the whole time and knocking the socks off people. Okay. We got a question. Ashley, who's 36 in Manchester, does age play a factor when trying to break into the makeup industry? And I'm assuming um, that she means like in a way that you did it. You just shared of what you had done with MAC Cosmetics. So what, uh, I know we haven't dropped your age. You don't have to, but she's 36 and wants to know, does age play a factor when trying to break into the makeup industry? It sounds as though she, that she's either getting ready to or planning on it or something. No, um, I would say no, it doesn't. Because I would say if she's 36 and she wants to start makeup, good for her because by then she can really maybe fake it the way I faked it. And I had to fake it at 18 years old. So at 18, if I was able to tell people, oh, I've been doing makeup for five years and, and believe that I'm like, what was I 13 when I started? Like, I don't know. So I sold it. You just have to be confident. And that's what it really comes down to is just your confidence level. You can, you don't have to lie. I'm not saying that anyone needs to go out there and lie to people at all, but just be confident in what you're doing because as soon as you show your nervousness or you ask why, like, well, if someone's like, well, how long have you been doing this? You say, well, why? It's, that seems nervous. So just, just be confident and just, if it's, if it's been a year or if, if you've been loving makeup and doing it on yourself for years, just throw out that number, whatever it is. Um, I just say sound confident with it because it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're super young trying to start out, if you're in your mid thirties or forties or whatever it is starting out, just be like, no, I'm been doing it for about, throw out a number. I did. I lied because sometimes it makes the customer feel a little bit more comfortable, but just sound like you're on top of the game, no matter what your answer is. I like that. I like that. Seriously. That's an excellent answer, Tim. Thank you. No, thank you. I mean, I was literally 18 with no experience and I'd be like, Oh oh yeah, I've been doing this for like five years now. And they end up loving the makeup. And I'm like, they have no idea. I just started three months ago, like what in general, like three months ago with makeup altogether. So go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, that was it. Oh, that was it. I was, you never know. <laughs> Just sound confident. That's all it really comes down to. Carla out of San Francisco. Have you spent more money when starting out or did you immediately make money when you began your career? And she's adding in here that she's almost done with technical school. I did have to spend a lot of money starting out, um, but I did it the best I could. I mean, when you're starting out, you have to have all your own makeup and your own kit. Mm -hmm. And at the time I worked for, for Mac. So I was lucky that I got 60% off discount. And every time a new collection came out, they would, um, they would give me makeup. So that my whole kit was Mac for really six years. The whole time I worked for Mac, my whole kit was Mac, um, on the outside for my freelance jobs. So it wasn't until I left the company, I lost the discount that I was able to be like, okay, well, I need new brands now. I need new, new, uh, I want to show that I'm diverse in what I do. So I started buying other companies, but it is expensive. It's very expensive to go to Sephora and just start buying things. And you don't know what you really need, what can work for different skin tones. So you're not buying tons of it, different versions of it. So that was one thing, but it really just takes a few great jobs for you to be able to be like, okay, you know what? Now I can reach out to companies and it doesn't hurt to try. I just started emailing brands um, like Sigma and um, I would make up forever and Fenty Beauty and just email them and showing them what, hey, this is what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm working on. And it's up to them really to decide if I guess you're worthy or not. But it doesn't matter what you're doing. I just started getting brands sending me makeup. And now for years, I've had these relationships with brands where I really don't buy my makeup anymore. It's insane. Like, I guess last minute, if I need stuff for a shoot, I will buy my own. Or if it's a specialty item, I'll buy it my own. But I really... I'm in the luxury now that I don't have to because these brands believe in me and they love the work that I'm doing. And it's all from just where life went, where, where life took me and what job paths I started taking and just never saying no to jobs. That's what really helped me. Um, as nervous as I am, I'll just take a, I'll just always say yes. And then I can quickly email a job about it or a, a beauty company. I mean, and I will tell them, Hey, I'm working on this. And then they're like, sure, we'll send it to you. And eyelash companies, I mean, eyelashes like for days, it's so awesome that if you just tell people what you're doing, um, they're, they're excited for you and they're happy for you and they want to support you in more ways than I ever thought possible. So 
Um, it is expensive when you start out because you have to kind of show yourself and prove that you want this. But once you do that, you just start reaching out to brands. They're going to start sending you stuff and helping you. This is going to be my question before we close out. Do you have to be or how concerned do you need to be when purchasing makeup products or even if they're donated or sponsored? Uh, expiration date. How imperative is to pay attention to that? And can you go past the expiration date? And second, does temperature play a clear role when it comes to the longevity of the makeup that you're using? And does it affect travel? Like, do you need to keep it at a certain temperature? Is there a certain bag or box or a travel kit or something you need to do to preserve the quality um, and uh, of these products? Yes, actually. Um, expiration dates and the longevity of a product is very important to know as a makeup artist because I think we've all had a client that told us, oh, I have a mascara. I haven't used it in eight months and I'm going to use it tomorrow for this big event I have. The mascara goes bad. The mascara is what you put on your eyelashes to make them fuller. I'm not sure if we all know that listening, but um, we all, you know, it goes bad in about three months or maybe less, about six weeks or eight weeks. Um, so, certain things need to be thrown away. And on the back of each box of a makeup product you have, it'll have a little picture of, a, it looks like an empty container that's opened and it'll say six on it, or it'll say 12. It'll pretty much say when the product goes bad. And it's very important to look for, because as soon as you open it, that's the life of the product. So especially for liquids, anything that's liquid or cream, that is gonna expire much faster than a powder. Because I've had some powders for years, for a couple of years now, and they're totally fine to use. Um, but for liquids and creams, you really need to be mindful of the time since you opened the product, since you opened and pumped something out or opened the cap of the seal, because those will expire on you and your face won't melt off if you use it or, you know, you won't go blind, but there could be bacteria build up in there. You could break out and it could, or it could just not look good. You could put it on and, and an hour later, it's all breaking up and falling apart. You don't know why it's because it's three years old. So it really just does depend on when you open the product, but also the heat, like you said, the heat and the cool temperatures are really important. So there's a lot of times I have to shoot in LA or on a beach or I'm going to be in Mexico next year doing a big um, a big gig. So for those jobs, I have special bags that are almost like a cooler and they'll have um, like heat temperature control inside of them. It's literally just a bag that you could bring to the beach and put any food in. But it's a bag that looks nicer so I can put my makeup in it and it's going to keep everything at a nice temperature because when you're out there for hours, under the sun, you don't want your makeup to be melting and separating and kind of getting lipsticks melting. It's a disaster. I've had that happen before. I've opened a lipstick case and lipsticks were all melted and disgusting. I mean, of course I use them anyways, but <laughs> that's the story. But um, oh. yeah, so that is very important. Making sure that so you don't want to have a problem with your client yeah. and they don't want to hire you again because the makeup is all rancid. Oh, so yeah. make sure you're on top of that. Especially when you're either, you know, working with someone's hair or face, you only get one shot. And you get one shot. Oh, and I've seen people get fired in front of me before. I've seen a hair person be fired in front of me. It's it's the scariest experience. Luckily, that has not happened to me, but I, I have seen it done. So I, I think always just do anything you can to prepare. You have no reason to be nervous if you prepare and you and your makeup's good, your everything is set and you know what you're doing. You have no reason to be nervous. So just do what you need to do to make sure everything's going to go smoothly. I, I was going to ask you what your closing thoughts would be, but it seems like you nailed it perfectly. But do you have any closing thoughts or recommendations or advice or uh, a favorite quote or poem or something to leave with uh, a little bit of inspiration and hope for those that would love to be in a position that you're in? I just say, and I, I never want to sound corny or cliche, but I really do believe in just believing yourself and and not letting your surroundings of where you came from or, or even what you currently love to do stop you from maybe wanting to do something else in the future. I think a lot of us put ourselves into boxes and we think that like, oh, I love soccer, so I can only play soccer now going forward. Or I love something else and technology, so I can only work in technology. But you secretly have another dream and... I think it's never too late to be able to take take charge of those dreams. And um, it's never too late to go to school. When I dropped out of college, my dad even told me, he said, I said, Dad, I'm making a huge mistake. And he said, no, you're not. It, life is full of choices. And you just have to 
be confident in that choice and then see what the consequences end up being. And and thank God he gave me that advice because I dropped out of school and I became a makeup artist. And and I was nothing back then in 2013 or whatever it was. So just to see my progression since then, you really can do anything you want. And I thought I came to New York for film production. And lo and behold, now I'm working back in film production, which is my dream. I just didn't want to hold the camera and I didn't want to edit the video together, but I knew I wanted something in that realm. So you don't need to have a clear focus of what you want to do. You don't have to know exactly what you want. You don't have to have a set goal. You just have to know what the general idea is that you want, and then you can make it happen. And even if you're tied to something else, you can be a soccer star and also become a, a beauty queen. You can do anything you want. Um, and I just think that that's really important for people to know, because I think people will limit themselves based on what they're currently doing or what they set their goals out already to be. And I'm like, no, you can have more than one goal. You can do more than one thing. It just let yourself be open to it and receive and always say yes. Whenever you're offered a great opportunity that might lead you to something great, don't say no to it or try to look for reasons why you can't do it. Always say yes to it. That's advice I got at a young age. And because I say yes to everything without sometimes knowing what the hell I'm doing, I've gotten great, great, amazing experiences from that. So always say yes if it feels right in your heart. And even if you don't think you're ready, just go for it. Who would you like to give a shout out to? I want to give a shout out to my niece, Isabella, my dad, Jim, my sister, Amy, my mom, uh, and just all the people that are listening, um, all the great people that have helped me. Gloria, who hired me at Mac Cosmetics. Gloria is the woman who hired me that I had no experience with. Patricia is, was my first agent. Uh, she hired me and got me out of you know, working for cosmetic retail and then my current agent Michael from the only agency um, Who keeps me going and hires me for these amazing actresses all the time So just and, and to you Stephen. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, you're welcome. Listen, you deserve it Would you like to give some uh, additional drops social media? Where can people connect to you email number agent agency? What's the main go-to to get you booked to get you highlighted so that people can look their best feel their best and know that they're going to get someone and to work with someone that is in it to win it for them. I say your best bet is to just go right to my Instagram account. I mean, nowadays people are asking for my Instagram more than they're even asking for my website. So just go to my Instagram. It's Tim McKay Beauty, T-I-M-M-A-C-K-A-Y Beauty. Um, it, you can DM me. I never turn down DMs. So just shoot me a DM and I'll either direct you towards my agent or to my manager, Drew, who's another shout out I want to give. Thank you so much, Drew, for publicity and management. Thank you, uh, Andrew Rosso. And so I will point in the direction of who or sometimes I'll even just handle it myself if I need to. If I you know, know it's someone that's working out of pocket, I'm not too good for anything. So I always will make it work for whoever needs to hire me. So I'd say Instagram is your number one best bet. And uh, yeah. I want to thank Ashley in Manchester and Carla out of San Francisco and to everyone that's tuned in from here and around the world live on air with Stephen Quilco on Power 98.5. For those that had the opportunity to join in on this interview with my dear friend who is the makeup department of uh, head of Hulu's original hit film Plan B and celebrity makeup artist Tim McKay. All of these golden gems and tips, even down to what Tim shared from the question that I had when it comes to temperature and traveling and expiration dates and everything, this is like a quick ed school of being a top leader and educator and influencer in the world of makeup and beauty. Uh, whether you whether you've worked with someone that's considered a celebrity, A list, B list, C list, or not, even if you're working in the you know industry of of weddings or um, you know beauty pageants, whatever it may be, these tips that Tim has offered today are invaluable. So Carla, Ashley, um, if you want to uh, share this with your friends, family, colleagues, you know Carla, you know you. Uh, uh, coming out of or almost being finished uh, with tech school. Um, this episode will air Tuesday and Wednesday this week, Tuesday and Wednesday, the 13th, Tuesday the 13th, Wednesday the 14th, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So matter no matter what time zone you're in, and Ashley, you know, my my friends, family out there in the UK, 
that are six hours ahead. So you got to figure two to three, three to four, four to five, five to six, six, seven. So eight o'clock. I know you guys are still up. However it may be, share it. Let everyone know what time zone they can tune in. Central, Pacific, Mountain, wherever. This information that Tim has offered today, and he's going to be coming back on again and again and again with many golden (laughs) gems. Uh, Oh, thank you. It's going to help make people's lives easier because even and why I know about your industry to have asked those questions, Tim, about expiration and about temperature is because most people, and I'm not speaking for people that are in school or university or tech school or whatever for your style of of work and expertise, but even moms or teenagers or whatever, most people don't look at the expiration date. I've had makeup artists who've told me that even in department stores or um, pharmacy stores, you know, a lot of times when you see makeup on sale, how many times does someone look at, well, it's on sale because it's going to expire in a week? Yes. Yes. It's going to expire. Absolutely. And, and people um, would come in and often ask for the tester. If we didn't have the actual product for sale, they'd say, well, can I have that tester? Just sell it to me. I'm like, well, I don't know when this was opened. I don't know how long this has been around for. So like, mm-hmm. you're really taking a risk by trying to purchase this right now, which we wouldn't let them do. But I'm just saying, like, you don't realize as a customer how bad that could be and how, you know, how many germs it could be or how long that was open. So it really is important to think about how long this makeup has been alive for. Here's Put it on a- your face. Here's another golden question that I have that can, that's that I just thought of. When it comes to the efficacy of certain makeup brands and products and their formulas, when it comes to temperature, quality control, expiration date, and all of that, depending on a person's skin type, depending on the efficacy, and and once again the um, the age of the product. Could it cause skin issues or problems because of degrading or lack of mixture or anything? Could problems come out of, you know, exposure? Oh, Oh, of course. Um, I mean, you think about it. If you're eating expired food, you're going to get food poisoning. And it's kind of like skin poisoning for your face. So, I mean, not always. I've had clients that have given me a foundation to put on them and that they want to use from their own stuff. And then after we put it on, they're like, oh, by the way, that's five years old. I'm like, what? Like, I, I couldn't tell. But you don't know, even though if it looks great, you don't know what's happening inside of there. If certain things are breaking down or if bacteria has built up over the five years that she owned this foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if air gets into it, air, we all know, air is what makes food expire. Air is what's going to make your products expire. So if it's something you've opened and air gets into it, I don't care if you shake it all together and mix it around and it doesn't look gross anymore and like broken up and scary it's still going onto your face so like you really need to think about that even if you like trick yourself into thinking oh it's fine i just took it up it could still be bacteria floating around that we don't see so i say just when in doubt throw it out just like food um with anything you're putting on your face don't complain about acne if you're putting on a hundred year old foundation that's all i'm saying Thank you very much, Tim McKay, my good friend, who is recognized as you are. Listen, we are. I'm not bullshitting you. He is Thank known. You, so much. you are welcome. Makeup department's head of Hulu's new original hit film, Plan B. Watched the trailer, played the trailer. Super freaking funny. Seriously, the best editing team that has put together one of the top since 2020 that I've seen. Top film or movie trailers, whatever you want to call it. He's also a celebrity makeup artist. Tim McKay. Tuesday. Thank you, Steven. You are welcome. Tuesday Hi. and Wednesday, 8 a.m., 2 p.m. Share it. Listen. Get this information out there. Everyone needs to, to know about all of this fantastic professional advice from one of the top leaders in the business. This is why he sought after Tim, anything else you want to share or close out with before we go? Uh, I just want to say to you, thank you for having me. And I can't wait to be back here to share more of my Tim's tips, trips and what tips and tricks. Tips I and can't tricks. wait. <laughs> <Tips and tricks. laughs> Did you have a little, yet. are you like me? You had a little bit too much coffee today. <laughs> oh, always. I mean, it's too much coffee though. Let's be real. I mean, <laughs> Yes, of course. Thank you so much, Stephen. No, I'm just excited to be back. This was so much fun. And um, 
And yeah, I always love to take questions from anyone. So if anyone in the future knows I'm coming on and they want to ask me more makeup related questions or industry questions about how it all works, a lot of people don't tell you this stuff. And I, I didn't have a mentor、um, in this industry. I did it all myself.、Um, of course, with help I got along the way, but I didn't have a person the whole time、yeah. helping me through it. So I, I, you know, I speak at makeup schools, I speak at makeup Events and、um, fashion events, because I and I always take in any students that come to me afterwards and they need help or they want to stay in touch with me. I have students that I've been talking to for three years, four years, like my student Grace.、Um, I have a bunch of them, so I'm totally happy to always be there as a mentor for anyone because I know how it was not having one myself. So、um, I love to take these questions, and then, even if you had an episode of full of questions from people, I'd be totally down to take that. So I'm happy to be helpful any way I can. And even bringing on a live caller too for a question. I would love that. I'd love to put me in the spot,、mm-hmm. shake me up a little bit. I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, you nailed this interview. I'm going to tell you that right now. Oh, you thank you. Nailed it. Thank you. This is my first radio interview, so thank you so much. Seriously, like, it's good. I can't wait to talk to you once we're we're off the live. So,、yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, 8 a.m., 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in, share it, love it, listen, tell everyone. Tim McKay. Come on now! What an awesome freaking Monday! I mean, tips, hits, hits, and gems, and secrets, and funny experiences. That's my friend, makeup department head of Hulu's original film Plan B, and celebrity makeup artist Tim McKay, and we are closing out live on air with Stephen Quoco on Power ninety eight point five. Socials and let's connect.